Welcome to Corazon Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Katie Cunningham. Katie is the founder of Lifetimes, a digital two-sided marketplace and platform for planning celebrations and events like baby showers, holidays, and birthdays. At Lifetimes, the disruptive tech startup is reimagining the party and celebration planning process into one user experience, saving busy parents time and money. Katie has 20 plus years of experience focused on client experience, acquisition, innovation, and strategy in two Fortune 100 companies, head of client acquisition at Citibank, innovation consultant at PricewaterhouseCoopers, and head of sales for a startup in San Francisco. Katie is recognized as a thought leader at the forefront of innovation, sales, growth, revenue optimization, and client acquisition strategies, and has been named as one of the top 100 most innovative finance and tech female executives. Well, good afternoon, Katie. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, and thank you for having me. You bet, Katie. Glad to have another guest on the podcast today. Katie, I was reviewing your background, and you've traversed various industries, and you have an accomplished background. Like many of our guests here on this podcast, what's your story on you know leaving corporate America and jumping into entrepreneurship? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I was very lucky very early on with corporate America. I was able to work my way out of what probably would have been more of a traditional job into projects very early on. So throughout my career, I have been kind of raising my hand, asking for those and been lucky enough to be under some great leaders where they gave me the flexibility to really build businesses and new businesses because even big companies have to adjust and innovate and change and create new ways of creating revenue and, and bottom lines and that. So I was very lucky throughout my career, especially on the banking side in the mortgage industry, to be part of some exceptional teams that have built things down from you know ideation to creation to, to execution and been able to kind of move across a lot of lines, whether it is you know in the boardroom, to the sales team, through marketing, but for me, so I, I was, I grew up in that world and then I took a short hiatus and then I went out to work for a former boss at the big bang at a startup called Cindio and they were a little bit more mature. They had about a hundred employees and went around sales out there. And I think whenever you go out to San Francisco and you kind of see the startup world firsthand, if you already have that fiber in you that feels like an entrepreneur or you love to build things, that's going to ignite it. And that for me was really kind of, you know, being in the living and the breathing of, you know, seeing people get a coffee and just being talking about their ideas. You'd overhear it, right? With investors or people. So it really was quite an inspiring time. So during all this, I was working like, you know, a crazy person. I was flying around six days a week and I have two sons that are the loves of my life, my family, and I just wasn't home. And to be quite honest, I was really, really miserable. But the things that I held closest to my heart were those milestone moments of, you know, birthdays and graduations and things that I could look forward to doing with them that would really count. I was always kind of like, you know, you, as a mom, you're the designated party planner anyway. If you don't, then your kid's getting, you know, probably a, a cupcake with a candle and that's it. So, and I would overcompensate, I think, mean, because I was always gone. 
I always had a kind of a love of doing that. And then I, unfortunately, I lost my brother, my best friend. He was a little bit younger. And then I had gotten really sick and had to go in the hospital. And, and uh, what turned out to be what should have been a routine stay or procedure, I, I got really, really sick and, and it got really serious fast. And coming out of that, I remember laying there thinking, if I get out of this mess, being in the hospital, I'm going to do something I love. Like, this cannot be it. This is not, I did not work all these years, give all this and not do something I love. And sure enough, when I came out of it, it took a few months of planning and a few months to find what I did. But in the back of my mind, whenever I was always planning a party and a baby shower and whatever, I would go online and say, certainly someone has solved for this because I was doing it on a plane or, you know, some airline club. And I would go in and you would see, you know, a lot of wedding kind of platforms would be where you could plan things, but you never saw anything for a baby shower. You never saw anything for a birthday. You never saw anything for a bridal shower. So I was like, okay, certainly someone's going to disrupt this space. And because I lived in kind of innovation and process improvements and all that, I was like, there's no better time, no better person. And if I don't do it and someone else does, I'm going to be sick to my stomach. And quite frankly, I didn't want to with that. Great. Amazing story, Katie. And, and speaking of that, I saw a video today, as a matter of fact, uh, happy Mother's Day, by the way. Thank um, you. It's a day after, of course, but I'm glad you shared that story. And I know that being both a mom and a busy executive or entrepreneurs is challenging at times. So thank you, Katie. Both your bio and your company bio tout innovation and technology, right? So could you share with us what technology you may have leveraged in your startup that may set you apart from your competition? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, you know, we get compared to a lot of different people. And I think the biggest difference between everyone is that we look at the party planning process from ideation to memories. And that's actually where my background has served me well, because if you ever look at a mortgage, you're looking at a 60, 90, 120 day process from the time that you find the client to the time that you close. And it goes through a lot of people, processes, technology, third parties, all this other stuff. When I look at doing that for so many years and doing doing a little consulting for some big companies, really looking at broken processes or creating processes. Leveraging technology for me just made sense. So I became very good at not only automating tasks, but that doesn't really make you a great company, but making sure that you're doing something to enable a behavior. Maybe not create a new behavior, because I know everyone thinks that's really, really neat to do. And that'll, you know, if you build it, they will come. That's not always true. But from a technology perspective, I wanted it to be not only good technology people would use and it wasn't something that would be have to be such a change in their behavior that it wouldn't be adaptable but also being able to put a whole bunch of technology together whether you're making a website or you're sending RSVPs or you're looking in the marketplace or you're doing a registry or you're making a menu or ordering decor we really went across eight different verticals and said okay how do we tie these better together and not make it an average mother or anyone really planning a party it takes 20 hours. How do we get this stood up with dashboards and co-hosts and all that good stuff in less than 60 seconds? And it wasn't just technology. You know, if you look in the party industry, if you're looking for some kind of inspirational technology, you're not going to find it there. It's one of probably the most undisrupted verticals out there. But you're able to look at some other companies and not even in the same, the same realm. I think you always have to be getting some inspiration from that you really kind of want to emulate to make sure not only do you have the best technology, but you're also on the leading edge. 
Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. And nowadays, a lot of the technology, which is nice, some of the emerging technologies now are much more inexpensive and you can pull them right off the shelf. Thank you for sharing. Katie, in our current world of this pandemic, right, everybody's locked down at home. What do you have planned for 2020 as far as a new product or service? Have you postponed anything or you've got to maybe look next year at some of the things you might have planned? That's such a beautiful question and such a hard answer. So yes, literally a couple of days before COVID really hit the news and things started to shut down, I just launched a service called Hostessy. And Hostessy, my North Star really was, you know, I looked at like a Moodsy or a Havenly, which is kind of virtual interior design and said, hey, I've got this great platform called Lifetimes. And I really want to find ways to not only further help the customer that may be a mom that is a traveler, right? She's not a do-it-yourselfer like a lifetimes. She needs that help. Or maybe time is her currency and she just doesn't have it. So really coming up with a service that could help those types of moms that may want their party styled, may need a party planner. I mean, we're not in the world anymore that you have to go sit down at a McDonald's and work face-to-face. We can do things through, uh, obviously, you know, video and everything else. So the remoteness of providing services that are just not specific to where you live. And by the way, I think that opens up more opportunity to to work with even better people, right? I'm not having any kind of borders around us, but you know, that was really important. So literally two days before we launched COVID hits and, you know, I went through the process, interviewed great, you know, party planners and, and people, you know, moms that wanted to make extra income. And I've been surprised because we had to pivot overnight as, a, as anybody did. I think one one thing that that stuck out to me the most, and I have to have a sense of humor about it, is I was like, wow, we are going to be the first party planning company that, you know, we're going to be like Havenly in this, you know, virtual party planning kind of overnight, you know, you see everything, right? Mm-hmm. It ha- Everyone shifted to that model. So it was so interesting to see the most extreme, and in business, we used to call it continuity of business. The most extreme COB plans come in overnight, and where you thought you might have had a razor edge, everybody is racing to that mark. We pivoted very quickly and to say, okay, we will help people for a much lower price point do virtual events because the celebration community has been decimated by this, as, as all businesses, but them first, right? The first thing out on CNN was don't go to your graduation party, don't go to your birthday party. So helping people navigate those waters, not only if they want to do it free on lifetimes, but if they have no clue where to start or if they're just using a video conference tool like a Zoom, maybe one time during this pandemic because they're doing a graduation party because spring is the time when you have a lot of baby showers and weddings it's when you have your graduations and I think in the beginning people were like hey let me see how this is going to pan out don't worry you know Susie who's five we'll hold your party when this is all over right I think people are now realizing there's a certain way of life and I think we're going to see things ebb and flow I think the hardest thing to do is predict where it's going because you have some states opening up they're going to have different restrictions some people, I think we're going to see a lot of at-home venue kind of celebrations because people do want to come together, but they want to be much safer. I think timing and being able to predict 
like that messaging and how you, you know, really encourage people to stay safe and help them is the question for every person out there that has a business, big or small, entrepreneur or not, how do they predict kind of the next step they take to be a respectful business owner, be a respectful person of the community and safe and also be able to predict it because look, everyone's got bills to pay. They've got money to make and they've got to do it in this new environment. So adaption is coming from bottom to the top, the top to the bottom, and we're all forced with it. I know that's probably a bigger answer than you wanted. I'm sorry, but it's a, it's a big question. Sure. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And we all had to pivot overnight. I appreciate you sharing your story and what you've had to do to overcome this. Katie, in wrapping up here, can you share something, just a quick nugget from your career experience that would be helpful for those looking to grow either their corporate career or maybe break into entrepreneurship? Yeah. And real quick, I just want to add on the last piece. When it comes to the behavior of people that are using lifetimes with this COVID where people don't have maybe access to party planners or what, we're seeing increases of 300 to 400% a day. I mean, depending on the day, but people are gravitating towards this guided help. If I can say anything positive to come out of that is the fact that people are using it and need it. So that I just didn't want to forget that. Your last question as far as career advice, you know, I, I feel like I could write a book on corporate business advice. The one piece of advice I will give there is raise your hand. Do not ask. I didn't get to where I got in corporate. There was beautiful moments or horrible moments, all of that good stuff. But by sitting and waiting for someone to approach me, you have got to have the confidence. And thank goodness I was younger because maybe I was just more naive when I did it. But you have to have the confidence to be able to ask for the opportunity, whether it's a project or whatever. Continue to raise your hand. Don't get discouraged if they said no. And by God, when you get the opportunity, knock the cover off the ball because you're not going to get a lot of at-bats in life. That's just the hard truth. So when you get your at-bats, do your best because they will pay off. I am a perfect example of that. And then I, just on the entrepreneur side, I'd say, look, I'm a, a tough old bird that spent a lot of time in the boardroom with a lot of tough senior, even mostly men, right? Tough guys. I've seen guys make guys cry entrepreneurship is no joke. I think everybody should have a side hustle, but when you jump off and go into it, you really got to, I don't think we've talked enough about how hard it is. And that freshman year, I call it, is kind of your year of, of really learning and making mistakes and finding out what works, but it is incredibly, incredibly difficult to do. And I think people's expectations really need to be set as far as we see all these glory stories about, you know, all these big companies and they they went through these moments too. It's very difficult in the beginning and whatever you're planning, you think it's going to cost, double it. Whatever technology you think you're going to have from your tech team, cut it in half and whatever functionality <laughs> you're betting on being your story, find another way. So I just think that even in all my years of problem solving with corporate, thank God I had them because it did prepare me much better for entrepreneurship, but it did not prepare me fully. It is, you got to have a lot of resilience. Yeah, I, I can imagine needing that resilience, especially in some of the situations and different roles that you've held over the years. So thank you for sharing that, Katie. I really appreciate it. And Katie, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. It was a pleasure having you on today, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Bye for now. Bye.